the Missional Life Podcast, inspiring kingdom-minded believers around the world to live the mission of God in their lives. All right, welcome back to the Missional Life Podcast. Today we have Tina Yeager on the show. Tina is an award-winning author, inspirational speaker, life coach, and host of the Flourish Meant Podcast. She's here today to share with us about her new book, Upcycled. Tina, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you so much, Dan and Amanda. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you. So your new book called Upcycled, Crafted for a Purpose. And, you know, behind every book is a story. So tell us a little bit about the story, about the inspiration for writing your new book. I went to the Christian Product Expo one year, and between what I was hearing from retailers and other ministry leaders, I found this this angst in my heart over what I was hearing them say about people not wanting to gather back again for in-person events and fellowship like they used to. They weren't going back to the bookstores, even though they were no longer forced into isolation. People got comfortable with doing everything at home, online, and kind of staying to themselves. And I was praying as I was walking through the park one day and asking the Lord, what can I do to help people gather back into that much needed fellowship. Because right now people are so broken. They are so much in desperate need of the healing that only we can find in that community of believers. And we need to get back together. So as I'm walking, the Lord was bringing to mind all these places. I love to visit with my husband, these antique malls where vintage artisans would take these old pieces of sometimes just junk pieces of things that were broken and upcycle them into things that were more beautiful and purposeful than ever before, even better than they were in their original usage or state. And that is what God does with us. He takes us and he upcycles us from the inside out and makes us into something beautiful better than new, takes our mess and makes it into his masterpiece. And I thought, this is what people need to touch and see and experience together. And people will gather over projects, tangible crafts, more than they would over just a Bible study. So I thought this might be the way that God is calling me to help people gather back together, get back in renewing fellowship, And in the process of doing these crafts, they can also just tangibly experience a message and then they can take that project and pay it forward and share it with other places. Each chapter has a place where people who do this alone or together can make it into a mission project and go to a domestic violence shelter or a veterans foundation or a children's home and donate these crafts to share that message with people who also need to hear it. And when you pay forward a message like that, it deepens the roots of what you've learned. It sort of brings that depth of learning full circle so that you can complete it. Sometimes we learn things and we forget them, but if we teach it, we do not forget what we've learned. I'm going to go back to as you were walking through there, you were kind of noticing people didn't want to get together. And I'm wondering, is that a result? Do you feel like that's a result of COVID or do you think that's even like a deeper 
issue that people nowadays are are dealing with they're kind of trying to hide or they just don't feel like they're good enough what what is what do you think uh is the reasoning for not wanting to get together i think you're right in saying that we already had that problem but i do believe the pandemic made it worse because we got comfortable behind our screens so we were already kind of hiding behind the screen, showing only our best, comparing our worst day with other people's best day. And that kind of enhanced that wanting to hide that fear of getting into close relationships. And many of us, when we experience a difficulty, a conflict, a challenge, we can withdraw and we can become very self-sufficient, we think, in our own lives by ourselves. And yet we're always missing something if we're out of fellowship. That was never God's design for us. It was the only thing that God said in creation was not good, was for man to be alone. And yet we think we are that self-made man or self-made woman, and we can kind of do it on our own and protect ourselves from that messiness of fellowship relationships that often happens. But yet those are the things that we need. And we need sometimes that conflict to help shape us and grow our character. But I think you're right, we already had the problem. But I also think that COVID brought out this idea that we could keep our children and our families secluded and just continue that way. We got very comfortable with that situation, too comfortable. Sometimes it's easy to get comfortable in what is very toxic. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So how do how do we get people uncomfortable? How do we get them from hiding from behind their screens back into socializing and, and growing? I think we need to think of new and creative ways to draw people back into community, not doing just the same old things that we've always done. That's not going to catch people's attention. Find people where they are and the things that they love to do and pull them together, even people who've never been churched before or people who've fallen away from the church will come together over activities before they will over thought processes. And then once you have them in relationship, you're able to minister to people who already trust you, that have been alongside you doing a craft, a project, even, even do adventure together where you're bicycling or hiking or something along those lines. But getting people involved in something together gets them to bond in a way that just talking about an idea cannot do initially anyway. Yeah, that's really amazing. Just, you know, what you said about coming up, you know, with the idea of crafting, you know, and tying that into your book, you know, upcycling, because I know for myself, I tend to my my our eight-year-old daughter actually loves to collect any trinket or item she can get her hands on and well mom I, I might need this for a project in the future and there's that part of me that you know wants to keep things tidy I think oh Elizabeth no <laughs> not again but you know she comes up with these creative ideas and you know like you were saying God does that with us like he doesn't just throw us away toss this aside but he takes you know what we have and just makes it into something beautiful through him but I was just wondering as, as you were talking earlier do you have like a story you could also share for our listeners too about um, people who've gone through the book and you know given a craft out to 
um, you know, the pay it forward, um, just something that you could share that's um, would be encouraging? Well, since the book just came out a few months ago, I don't have a ton of testimony stories from people who've read the book who've come back to me and said that I've already done this, but I have actually used some of those projects myself. There's one that I used that was a hug that you can send somebody where you trace your hands and you use scraps of material and ribbon and you connect together verses of encouragement so that you could take each little link and make it into a bracelet that they can carry with them to encourage them all day. Or they can have this larger piece that is like your hands, actually, and a hug around them to show that they are loved. It's great for shut-ins or people who've gone through losses and are grieving. It's those tangible things for people who are in crisis that can't read a long book, but they can read one scripture at a time. So I've actually sent that to someone. I didn't use the tracing of my hands, but I used uh, mittens that were on clearance, mittens that I wasn't using anymore or gloves that you weren't using anymore. There's ways to upcycle those. So it is a great craft to show people that they're loved. I came up with that idea a really long time ago and I had meant to send it to my grandmother who I hadn't seen for a very long time. So she would feel hugged even though she was at a distance, but I never got to send it to her. So, and she's since gone to heaven, but I know that these crafts can be meaningful things to share with other people. And that is just amazing using that to reach out to, like you said, shut-ins or people that really just need that boost of encouragement because, you know, like you were saying, we can isolate ourselves and then even people who are isolated, not by choice, you know, they may not be able to get out as easily and just being able to take one verse at a time if they've been through a crisis situation, sometimes you can barely get out of bed, let alone, re you know, um, read a bunch of um, sentences, you know, so having one verse at a time to look at, that's just wonderful. Yeah. You know, as you're sharing Upcycled, I'm looking at kind of your credentials, award-winning author, inspirational speaker, life coach, host of a podcast. Um, you probably never struggled with any of being being lonely. You probably never walked through any of this. You probably don't have any kind of story of God upcycling things in your life. Am that I right? It's really thick with sarcasm as uh. it all should be. Um, no, uh, all of us, no matter how well put together, that Pinterest picture of who they are online might seem everybody lives in a broken world mm. and the consequences of living in a broken world means that we're going to get cut and bruised and bumped along the way in the midst of all of this messy brokenness that we're in, in this fallen state that the world is in. So yes, I went through a, a lot of struggle of my own, which is what brought me to the place of wanting to be a therapist and write a book and do the podcast because all of those things are serving from a place. I know that this is a need because I have had some of these needs myself. I actually went through a period in adolescence where I had an eating disorder. I was not really well accepted among my peers when I was in elementary school before that. So I kind of thought if I could just be almost invisible, just waste away to just blend into the background, maybe people would allow me to be in their presence. So through that process of just really almost zero self-esteem, 
up until I started to experience that renewal with the Lord and go through that long journey of healing, I, I had some of those spaces where I questioned whether I wanted to continue to live. And I know what that's like to face that darkness of knowing that I may not have any self-worth or believing that I couldn't know it for sure because it wasn't true, but it's not true for those who are listening either. And I want them to understand that if you're here, you're here because God intended your life. He created you before time, before you were born. He created you with specific purpose, specific gifts that only you were meant to carry in the combination that you have. And before your tiny little toes touch that path in this broken world, God adored you and he treasured you and he treasures you still. No matter what has happened, or what lies of shame that you have come to believe about yourself, you are adored by your heavenly father and creator. And he longs to pick you up from all the places where you're bruised, worn, and the outside surface has become all chippy and dusty and make you better than new through in a way that only his Holy Spirit's breath can do. Because he can renew the whole face of the earth, scripture says, with his breath, and certainly he longs to renew you, one that he loved enough to die for your life, to be closer to his heart forever. Man, well said. You know, isn't it interesting that when we go through those things, the enemy comes in and starts lying to our minds. He he starts telling us, you're the only one that goes, goes through this. You're the only one struggling with this. And it's really just a tactic. And I think we all wrestle with that where it's that divide and conquer. It's that if he can just get you alone and, and isolate you kind of to your point of being away from everyone else and where you're not getting those voices of truth uh, from other people. You When you hear that lie in your, in your own mind, you start believing that, that lie, right? Until you can really get outside of yourself and begin to hear other people speaking um, that voice of truth to you and reminding me, reminding you who you are. So tell us how, um, tell us kind of some of that importance as, as a therapist, tell us some of the, the importance of getting together in groups and, and kind of hearing each other share their, their, their challenges, but also hearing people speak kind of identity into others as well. I think we're meant to grow and heal in community. That's why God created us to be living stones built together to be his house where people could come in among these living stones that create a temple where his Holy Spirit comes in and does healing. Everybody that God brings in as soon as they accept Jesus has that spiritual gifting. And some of those giftings are different types of healing, wisdom, teaching, prophecy, if you don't get all of those gifts together, you're going to be missing a part of what the Holy Spirit has to bless you with. So it's super important to avail yourself of all the wonderful blessings that God can give you only in community. And you're filled with all of those blessings too, with not every gift of the Spirit, but this gifts that you have will need to work in concert with the gifts that other people around you will have in that fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So you're missing out on being able to fulfill your entire purpose. 
So not only will you miss out on healing, other people will miss out on the healing that your part in that living stone structure of worshiping and serving and fulfilling God's purposes provides. You have a very important part to play. And someone is waiting for you to experience the fullness of your healing and to walk out in the truth of your purpose and gifting in Christ. So those things are very important. We also need to recognize in authenticity that we're not alone. That's one of the things that hiding behind the screens has made us believe more than any other time in history that we're alone in our suffering. There's a lot of inauthenticity there. There's a little bit of oversharing too. Sometimes people go beyond that and they share like they would share with a therapist online, whereas you really should be sharing that with people who are believers, who are trustworthy, who are in your life and invested in you instead, so that they can give you the opportunity to grow from that place, not stay stuck in that place, not stay in a victim mentality where you're just circling around the same drain for years and years. It's all us circling the drain together. You're growing forward. That is what God's purpose is for you is to grow out of those places of pain, knowing that God loves you when you're there, but he doesn't want to leave you there. You know, and just with that, what would be, you know, just with your experience in that area of helping so many people, what would be the top things that you would say keep people stuck? And what is that pivotal point? Like, where do they begin to get unstuck from that spot to move forward? Like, what at what point do they start to like, you know, turn the 180 degrees, so to speak? Yeah. Cause I, what you, to, to your example, you're kind of thinking about the drain and there's momentum, you know, when you're stuck, mm -hmm. there's momentum and it kind of, it's pulling you down and, and it's hard to get out of that. So how do people yeah. get out of that, that, that momentum? How do they get unstuck? Well, there's a couple of truths in that, that you were saying, Dan and Amanda, we can get easily stuck, even if we're in a place that's toxic because we have to get to a place where the pain of where we are is greater than the pain of change. That is when people will finally make a change. Change is hard. And the human mindset is set up so that we can be efficient and just continue doing things the same way. It's, it's made for efficiency. That's why we do that. But if we're in a toxic place, that is not healthy to just stay there. And one of the ways that people get stuck is that they aren't taking responsibility for their lives. They're blaming other people, they're blaming their circumstances, and they aren't owning the opportunity to grow past where they are. There is a psychological belief system, a theory that a lot of psychologists believe that your past behavior is always the indicator of your future behavior but God gives us the opportunity to choose. And that is where the Christian ideal is different from the secular ideal. We are created in God's image. We have the power of creation in that to some small degree in being his children. So we can speak life. So getting out of those old mindsets will require us to make certain changes, little baby step changes toward taking ownership, recognizing that change is possible and believing in what we can't see. That is the essence of faith, believing in 
a future we have not seen yet and claiming that as God's truth over our lives, not just what we can see. Like you can see in scripture, people that God picked up out of a pit, like Gideon, for example, who was really terrified. He was kind of a coward, really. And he was stuck in the bottom of a pit. We believe that that threshing that he was doing in the wine press was probably kind of in a hole in the ground. And you can't even thresh wine um, grain when you're in a wine pit because there's no air to blow the grain. So that was kind of a comical picture for the people that heard it originally. There was Gideon and God called him by what he would become, not by who he was. Hail mighty warrior. That was what the angel of the Lord called Gideon when he was hiding in a hole in the ground. God does that for you as well. All of you listening, the Lord has an identity that he can call over you, that he can help empower you to achieve, not on your own strength, but by the power of his spirit, by his creative power, because not only did he create you, but he intends to recreate you. And he has a new name, a new identity that you have never seen before, that you don't see now, but he sees and he knows it and you can trust him and he will call that over you and help you walk into that. You simply have to trust the one who sees it and believe that what he has for you in the future is good. So that is critical to achieving that new life. And then you need to change the people that are around you so that they are more like what you intend to become than where you were or even where you are. What you surround your, yourself with will determine your future. That doesn't mean you will never serve those who are in a place that need help moving forward, but you need to spend enough time with people who are where you want to go or who are going where you want to go with you that this is determining your mindset. It's influencing what you believe about yourself, your God and your future. So good. So good. And you know what you were just um, ending with in that, you know, just sharing um, is just circling back to the importance of relationship. Again, going back to, we need to be together. We need to encourage each other and speak life into each other and really it's get involved in a, a local church, you know, that's speaking the truth, you know, join a Bible study, especially one that's doing crafts and activities, you know, get active, bless other people. I, I love that. That's so good. Yeah. To your Gideon story and point, I just love how God calls us by what we can become and who, who we are really in him, not just where we are in our circumstances. And, you know, he's the God who calls uh, that what is not, he calls those things that that are. I can't, I'm confusing that verse, but somebody correct me on this. What what verse is that? He I calls it not as it is, or how it will be. Yes, I'm confusing, but uh, I'm confused on that. But he does that for us, and he speaks vision. He's a god of of he he reaches down and he pulls us out of the pit, and he sets our feet on a rock, and he gives us a new identity. He clothes us back in those royal clothes. When you think about the the story of the prodigal son, he he pulls him out and he puts him and restores him. And I love how God does that um, if we are willing to really hear his voice and what he speaks about us. So I feel like we've been sitting a little bit here and, and getting some 
some coaching, some life coaching. And I know that you're a life coach. Uh, so tell us a little bit about how you help people in the life coaching arena. Well, I do life coaching online in Zoom or Skype or by phone. So I try to make it convenient and accessible for everyone, no matter what your schedule is or how much time you have. So in that respect, I like to meet people where they are, determine what their best goals could be, their best next, their best next goals, and then long-term goals that they want to do in the future so that we can kind of look at the vision and then step back and address what is urgent and necessary for now while keeping in mind we're also working toward those long-term goals. So we take the first steps and address what's urgent and, and imminent, but we also start setting our steps in a direction for a long-term fulfill your purpose kind of future. So do you work with certain tools like vision boards? I heard you say kind of look at those things. Do you use vision boards or what kind of uh, tools do you find uh, are helping many of your clients? Usually I will use whatever the Holy Spirit brings to mind in that session. I know that sounds kind of random, but it is. And if it comes to a place where we need to do a diagram to help them, we'll do kind of a diagram or something like a vision board, but we're, we're doing this online. So we're probably doing it in a word document that I'm sharing my screen with so that they can print it out and, and get it through email, but something like that. Sometimes it just depends on the person. I don't like to use one specific technique for each person. I know some coaches go through like a system. I would rather have the Holy Spirit lead me toward what they need today, what they need tomorrow, and what they need long-term to be equipped to lead them to where God wants them to go. Wow. I love that because each person, you know, we're all similar, but each person still has those unique struggles and needs and, you know, allowing the Holy Spirit to lead that process is so powerful and what amazing outcomes for the clients, you know, to be able to have that, you know, what only God can do. I love that. We're all unique. Mm -hmm. God's created us all differently. He had different plans for all of us. How can, how can our listeners connect with you? They can find almost everything that I do at tinayeager.com. I also have a YouTube channel. So look me up there where my flourishment podcast videos will be. And I have a new radio show as well on Christian mix one Oh six where you can listen live to that, that show at, um, well, it's not live, but it's only going to appear once. It's not, there's not an archive of the recordings on Thursdays at 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. Eastern time. Wonderful. Listeners will have those, uh, those links in the show notes. Tina, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Thank you. Thanks so much, Dan and Amanda. It was my honor to be here.